Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Grassroots Pharmacy. We'll be telling you more about them in just a bit. We're going to talk more SEC media days, including where was where Kentucky was picked in the SEC East, and then we'll get into some basketball uh, recruiting. But let's start out what most people were talking about as the weekend started because the SEC media poll was released and UK was picked to finish sixth in the East and only in front of Vanderbilt. Kyle, you did a self-congratulatory tweet because <laughs> you called it on this podcast last week yeah yeah i mean i just knowing the way people vote man um you know there's 1500 people or however many well did you get the official uh number of, of attendees this year did you hear I, what it was i didn't see it but i think there were 600 and some odd votes um, oh is that all actually i think i, I think there have been years where there have been like in the like over a thousand but anyway um, you know, there are hundreds, certainly many hundreds of people there. Uh, most of them are not obviously not national writers. Uh, very few of them are even league wide writers. And, you know, so the, the, the vast majority are people who focus on one team, uh, you know, as they should. Um, and so when they, when it comes time to make that vote, uh, a couple of different things happen. One, they just grab preseason uh, magazines <laughs> and vote somewhat similarly to those. And the other one is, you know, you get the Phil, Phil Steele guide uh, and you go through and say, okay, how many starters are back? Uh, and then you factor into it. What's their historic, what's the historical context? Are they a name brand? Are they a, you know, school I just intuitively think is a, think of as a good football program. Okay. Factor that in. Um, and when you when you do some of those things with Kentucky, it's easy to pick them at the bottom of the league. You know they had what is, you know, it may not ultimately be in the future, but as it stands, it is certainly statistically an anomaly. The season they had last year, they've only had three ten win seasons in their history, so that is an anomaly. Um, they hope to make it a, a habit, but right now it's an anomaly and. Um, and from that team, they lost, you know, kind of the guts of it. The all-time leading rusher, all-time leading sack master, you know, a, a historic NFL draft, 11 guys total signing NFL contracts. Uh, and when you do that math and you say, you know, this was what was it also the first time in 40-some years that Kentucky had a winning record in the SEC? Um, you know, the quick math on that is, oh, they're going to they're going to revert. They're going to kind of come back to the to the historical average. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I'm. I don't think they're going to win ten games, but I. I think they're going to be a seven or eight win team. And to me, that's why I told you when I said I thought they'd be picked sixth that I didn't think they should be picked any lower than fourth. I think they've certainly earned that level of respect, and the, and that's not even a great deal of respect. I mean, it's fourth out of seven teams in the league, but I, I think they've at least earned that much. Uh, and you could make an argument, I think, for third. I don't, I'm not sure you could make a very strong argument for second in the league, but uh, 
you know, third or fourth wouldn't surprise me at all with this Kentucky team. Yeah, the order of finish um, in the Eastern Division was Georgia first, Florida second, Missouri third, South Carolina fourth, Tennessee fifth, Kentucky sixth, and Vanderbilt finished in seventh. Uh, it is of note that both Tennessee and Kentucky were really close in the point system. Um, Kentucky had 798 points. Tennessee had 804. So it was, you know, really tight there. Um, just for fun, in the West, it went Alabama 1, LSU 2, Texas A&M 3, Auburn 4, Mississippi State 5, Ole Miss 6, and Arkansas um, 7th. My ballot, if anyone was interesting, I'll just do my East Division. I did Georgia 1, Florida 2, Kentucky 3rd, Missouri 4th, South Carolina 5th, Tennessee 6th, and Vanderbilt 7th. Um, Kyle, like... My question, I guess, like spinning this forward is what which team are you kind of surpri- a little bit more surprised that was ahead of uh, Kentucky, South Carolina or Missouri? Uh, which team am I more surprised? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're not surprised at either. But like if you were making a case and building a case, who do you think Kentucky has a better stance of, of they should have been voted ahead of those teams. And as I mentioned, I'm leaving Tennessee out because it was really, really close between those two two schools in the voting. Well, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Missouri's a weird one because they lost a lot from last year's team. And, and the big sort of, the big ticket item that's got everybody buzzing about Missouri is Kelly Bryant, the, the Clemson transfer quarterback. A couple things. He lost his starting job. That's why he transferred. Uh, he was a, he did he did have a good very good season at Clemson, but he lost his starting job to a freshman, which is why he transferred. And he's replacing one of the great all time great quarterbacks at Missouri. So, like the main thing that has people sort of expecting big things from Missouri is to me not even a guarantee that they're like significantly upgrading offensively at quarterback. With a guy who got beat out by a freshman, I mean, I mean, an elite freshman, a guy that's going to be incredible, but a freshman nonetheless, and also who is replacing a guy who was terrific for them at quarterback. Uh, so that's a little surprising. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is South Carolina's schedule is ridiculous. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I feel like the people who. Um, are really high on South Carolina that are just sort of like, you know, that are not paying attention, you know, to the day to day have really not taken a look at South Carolina's schedule. Um, South Carolina has, uh, they have North, they open with North Carolina out of conference. Their third game, they play Alabama. That's a loss. Uh, they're at Missouri. If you think Missouri is really good, uh, they're at Georgia. That's a loss. They have Florida. They're at Tennessee. They're at Texas A&M. And they close with Clemson. I mean, South Carolina is going to have a hard time to me going 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like 7-5. and five. I mean, find me, find me six sure wins in there. Let's say, I mean, North Carolina's been bad, so let's say that's a win. Charleston Southern. Maybe Vanderbilt is a win, you know guaranteed win in Appalachian State. What is that four wins? Well, there's I mean, not another, you know that that's not a there's not another like I feel really good about that game on their schedule. 
So to me, it, it's not – sometimes that's the other thing I think that when you're – you know, the people that do these, these you know, league votes in the preseason – that are, again, focusing on their one team, and, and rightly so. They're going to do their quick math on who, what, who's got what back, yada, yada, yada. Are they going through every one of these teams' schedules? Because it's not just how, you know, what what does your team have? It's what are you up against? Yep. And we talk, we've talked about, I mean, Kentucky's got a cakewalk of a schedule comparatively. Kentucky got a great, for a year when they had to lose some key guys, they got a great schedule. They got eight home games. They got four almost, to me, almost certain non-conference wins to start with and they've got some you know some matchups that i think are pretty favorable in the league so and they got arkansas as their crossover game south carolina got alabama and texas a&m that's advantage (laughs) kentucky right there yeah (laughs) um and yeah i I think that 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 is something people kind of maybe under evaluate they don't look at schedules they just kind of rank the teams and how good they are and in theory you're supposed to predict how teams will finish so they they probably don't end up doing that uh, there was also uh, preseason awards given out by the media there some uk players made those lists and then they also made some national lists we're going to talk about that right after i tell you guys about grassroots pharmacy which is locally owned independent and they're looking to change your idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be they place a strong focus on nutrition supplementation and alternative therapies like CBD oil. Their pharmacists know there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. They will take the time to get to know you, explain your medication, and answer questions you may have. They accept most insurance plans, including Medicare. They're located at 2304 Sir Barton Way in the Hamburg Pavilion. It's at the four-way stop next to the Best Buy on the parking lot side where the Regal Cinema is. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can check out their website, grassrootspharmacy.com, or give them a call, 859-263-1382. That's grassrootspharmacy.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. The other thing that goes along with the prediction of the schedule is... The media votes on first and second team, all SEC, and then the league sends out first, second, and third team um, on offense, defense, and special teams. Kentucky has five guys on those lists. They are all third team. Um, and Logan Stenberg and Drake Jackson both made the third team offensive line. Cash Daniel made third team all defense. Lynn Bowden made third team all purpose in that specialty department. I am kind of surprised to a certain extent that Stenberg maybe didn't get enough love. But, you know, when you look at this list, the thing, Kyle, you know this, the SEC is super talented. So even when you're anywhere on this list, it's it's a pretty big acknowledgement. Yeah, and I'm going to get back to that, but I, this, I'm i doing the thing I do where I'm on Twitter while we're recording, and I've got to say, Yahoo Sports account, I just quote tweeted it, so if people want to go find it, uh, they uh, LSU just opened a brand new locker room, and it is, one, it is insane. It looks like something out of an alien spacecraft, but more notable to our listeners, and you know about this, and I think I maybe have talked about it on the podcast, but I know you and I have talked about it. Jumbo Aaron Harrison makes an appearance in this video and I, I will, no matter how many times I see him, it will never not like jar me and make me laugh. Uh, it is at the 21 second mark of this 31 second LSU football video. 
I'm going to screen grab it and share it. This dude is absolutely 300 pound Aaron Harrison. And it is fantastic. So, uh, yes, getting back to, getting back to Kentucky football. Uh, I think all those, those were the guys that we thought, right. That would, that were deserving of, of preseason, all sec honors. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like a slap in the face that they're. I, I would, I guess, I would have thought probably Logan Stenberg had more of a chance to be on the first or second team. Uh, I think if Lynn Bowden had re, had returned more punts last year, uh, he might have been on there because he had five punt returns and two of them were for touchdowns, and both, by the way, in enormous moments, uh, essentially turned the game at Missouri and really set the tone of the bowl game against Penn State. Um, I think he's a potential postseason first team type guy. Uh, and he may do that at wide receiver. Um, not just at, at return specialist. Um, Cash Daniel to me strikes me as a guy that, you know, for the same reasons talking about preseason polls, like the way people vote, I think Cash Daniel in a defense with, uh, a lot to replace and maybe have to lean on him a bunch. Who's going to put up a huge tackle number. He's going to put up the stats and you know be top five ish in the SEC in tackles, and so he could be a, a by the end of the year a first team All SEC guy. Yeah, I think maybe Cash kind of helped his uh, his stock a little bit just the way he was talking to everybody because he was obviously um, you know very personable and people loved him. By the way, uh, Rashad Lawrence, I believe, is the guy you refer to as Jumbo Aaron Harrison. By the oh, way. well, there you go. I was looking it up, and I think that's him because, yes, he looks very much like him. Does he have a beard in the picture? He has a beard in the picture that I'm looking yeah. on. Well, hold on. Just uh, hold on two seconds. I'm tweeting out. I'm <laughs> tweeting him out right now. I got oh the screen. Gosh. I mean, he I'll, even I'll, smiles. I mean, he even smiles like Aaron Harrison. I, I I need to get to the bottom of this. They have to be related to each other. He's the He's the triplet. One that, <laughs> and may, may, maybe there were four of them, and he consumed the the quadruplet in the womb. Oh, Lord, that happens. Oh, <laughs> yep, that's him. Um, Richard Lewis. He plays defensive line number ninety. So there we go. Um, all right, a couple other quick uh, preseason awards that were announced for the UK guys. Drake Jackson was named to the Remington. Watch list for the nation's top center, and Lynn Bowden was named to the Blitnikoff Award watch list, which tracks the nation's top wide receiver. You know, the one thing I, I do want to kind of reiterate to a certain extent is I think Lynn Bowden and Kyle, I don't, I don't know how much you've gotten to talk to him, but he kind of went, and this is like a, I don't mean to go beauty on the beast in you, but it's like tale as old as time is basically a guy has an interview, it doesn't go well, something gets taken, not necessarily out of context, but gets blown up. Then he comes back uh, the next time and basically doesn't say anything to the media. Uh, Lynn Bowden, I think, kind of went through this a little bit. And it it last year, his response to nearly everything was, I'll just let my play do the talking. And when he was down at SEC Media Day, I thought he had some great quotes. And, you know, kind of the one that it went a little viral on my Twitter feed um, I tweeted out, he said that um, on people doubting UK, he said, you got to come to reality sooner or later. We're a good football team, whether they want to believe it or not. And this was actually before the 
preseason poll came out where they were ranked six. So this was based off of some other things, I guess, mainly the ESPN FPI. But, you know, Lynn, Lynn was a Lynn seems like he's taken a step forward and he's talked a lot about maturity. I'm really interested to see how he progresses both on and off the field this year. Yeah, I uh, I thought, you know, the stuff about cutting his hair because he wants people to see him. Um, to me, it was interesting. I don't, I don't really, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have a fully formed opinion on that because one, I, I, I'm sort of torn because I feel like guys shouldn't have to cut their hair, you know, to appease anybody if that's part of who they are. But the, you know, I want people to see me thing I thought was really interesting. And, uh, you know, uh, talking to Mark Stoops for that, state of the program story he said you know he's a guy who wants to lead us and he's taken all the steps to do it and so um you know if you put together his incredible talent which he obviously has just amazing athleticism with this sort of drive and focus and realization that like he's you know to a certain extent running out of time you know going into his junior year you only have so much time in college to prove yourself and to prove to the next level that you're worthy and if he's that you're sort of focused in that way. When you add extreme talent to high-level focus, obviously big things happen. I, I think he has a chance to be – I mean, Kentucky fans already very much know who he is. I don't feel like he's really on the national scene yet, but he has a chance to be that guy for Kentucky this year to me, who you know nationally in college football is, is known from the Kentucky football team. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, the one thing that Logan Stenberg said down there that was really true is the thing that he also has going for him as a leader is the fact that he's good at football. And it's easier for guys to uh, lead when they're putting up points on the on the field. And he obviously does that. All right. So coming up next, we are going to get into some basketball recruiting. But before that, check this out. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Kyle, you wrote a gigantic piece for The Athletic about the state of UK basketball recruiting. If you just want to hit some of the high points, um, it was uh, it was very extensive, and uh, I recommend everyone go check it out. Well, thank you, Curtis. Yeah, I mean, extensive is probably the word for it. Um, it was 3,500 words, <laughs> I think, and uh, what I wanted to do is kind of give people who maybe don't follow this every day. It's hard to, to follow recruiting every day, certainly f- football and, e- and even basketball, um, just sort of the way it ebbs and flows, and there's so many names, and Kentucky's replacing so many guys every year. But we're getting to that point. Peach Jam is over. Uh, grassroots basketball is essentially over. Um, and we're heading into you know the actual season time. Guys are going into their high school season. Some, a lot of them like to make decisions or narrow down their lists before the high school stuff gets cranked up. Uh, and so recruiting in this 2019 class is really going to, or 2020 class, excuse me, is really going to start to take shape. Uh, and so I wanted to kind of give people a, an all-encompassing primer where if you read this, you would be about as up to speed as a person can be uh, from reading one story on, on Kentucky's recruiting. You'd kind of know who the targets are, who the names are to know, and where they stand with every guy. So what I did was, uh, with each player, I have the skinny, which is kind of a, a breakdown of uh, how they played this spring and summer and, and you know whatever information is pertinent to Kentucky's recruitment of them, if they just visited or Kentucky just offered them or, 
uh, in Cade Cunningham's case, uh, if another school hired that player's brother, <laughs> uh, that's all there in the skinny. And then a coach says section where I, I talked to for the 10 guys in the 2020 class who have a Kentucky offer, uh, all 10 guys I talked to either their high school coach, their AAU coach, or their AAU team director to get kind of a handle on where their recruitment stands. And then uh, finally, expert analysis on every guy. Um, we had Corey Evans from Rivals, uh, super plugged in recruiting guy, kind of give me his handicapping of where Kentucky stands with each of these 10 players in the class with uh, Kentucky offers. By the way, I'll just run down the list of names. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Brandon Boston Jr., B.J. Boston, some people call him Josh Christopher, who's the most recent offer in the class, Sharif Cooper, Isaiah Todd, Infali Dante, Cameron Fletcher, and Cliff Omarui, I think is how you say his name. I don't know. Uh, those are the 10 guys. And then also we've listed uh, four names to watch, guys who may be getting an offer soon in this class because they're certainly not done uh, making offers. And then I guess... Uh, just sort of to give people a taste of it, I, you know, so the things that are to me that are most notable first and foremost in Fale Dante is the guy who might still be an addition for this year's team. Uh, talking to his AAU team director, who was also Willie Cauley Stein's team director and, and is a big fan of Kentucky because of the way they developed him. Uh, one said that his visit a few weeks ago went great at Kentucky uh, and two, that as, as, as long as he can get it done academically, he does plan to, is trying to, wants to move to 2019. That is the plan. So if he can get it done, he's a 2019 guy, means he's going to play college basketball this season. And uh, from Corey Evans, the latest he's heard is it's Kentucky or Oregon. LSU has been a factor for a while as well, but Kentucky or Oregon apparently and that would change things big time for Kentucky because they would then have no real glaring holes in their roster. Um, and then I think the other one that kind of jumps out at me, Josh Christopher is the guy that just got an offer. He's a five-star kid, a top 10 player in the class of 2020 uh, shooting guard. Um, and we've sort of made jokes about dream school. Guys say Kentucky is my dream school and then go somewhere else. But this feels a little bit different when when he says it's his dream school. You know, he's a guy who has their gear. He you know he bought like championship memorabilia when Kentucky won the national championship. Uh, his uh, AAU coach said, uh, you know, when he says dream offer, that's for real. Everyone on our team knew that he really wanted that offer and he was trying hard to get it. Uh, and I know he was super excited when the news finally came that they wanted him. So. Um, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a guy that I think Kentucky's got a chance to get. The other, one more, I guess, uh, is Brandon Boston, BJ uh, Boston, the shooting six six wing, uh, is a guy that Corey Evans said if it ended today, it would be Kentucky. So, if you're looking for who who does Kentucky have a top ten player in this class that they are fav- actually favored to get right now, uh, Brandon Boston Jr. fits that. Uh, category apparently and he's the one that's going to be joining a super high school team right yes yeah there is something brewing out west 
Sierra Canyon and California, the team that LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's sons play for, uh, they are just insane now. They've had a rash of uh, five-star guys, I think three or four of them in the last uh, week, uh, transfer to play out there with, with those guys. So uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's a, it's a pretty outrageous list. I mean, it, if you just signed the Sierra Canyon high school team, if you could sign all of them, you'd have yourself a, a pretty formidable, maybe even number one recruiting class. You think uh, we can convince the Locked On Network to send us out to cover a couple games? I think that that we need to get some sunshine <laughs> out in LA. I, I do think I think they should. I think that would be good. I mean that that's a high school team that's going to get a bunch of attention in the off season or uh, during the season. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And <laughs> um, so. We'll now close with the fact that uh, this is the second time we recorded this podcast today, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> we breezed through it a little faster this time because we were both pretty disheartened to have to do it again. But yeah, we've essentially said these exact same words in some form or fashion twice today, and it's all Curtis's fault. Yep, all my fault. The computer crashed on me, and it just was all the way gone. Uh, you got I it. Well, what happened was the program said, this program needs to close. And I said, don't do that. And then it closed anyway. And if you're out there, you're like, well, if you reopen it, then it'll open the the files that were just in that. Well, I did try that. But when I opened it again, in the process of loading the, the audio uh, program, it closed again, thus scrubbing everything and making us record again. But it was a little bit shorter, Kyle, but I think the content was better. And we made our points more precisely. So you all are getting the best of the two podcasts. Definitely. There's no doubt this one was was better. Trust. Just take our word for it. And if you would have got the earlier one, you wouldn't have had the whole Jumbo Aaron Harrison discussion. So That's true. For sure. We're all winners here. Um, thanks again to Grassroots Pharmacy uh, for sponsoring this edition of the show. Please read Kyle's work on The Athletic, talking about those football players uh we got all the i'm got all those interviews coming out with logan simber cash daniel and lynn bowden just check my timeline at curtis birch b-u-r-c-h on twitter you can follow kyle at kyle tucker underscore a-t-h please follow along with the show on social media it's at locked on uk on both instagram and twitter thanks so much for listening guys we'll talk to you soon are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Anyway, everybody's asleep now, so this is like my little one one hour window of sanity every night. All right, we'll make this one quick. Yeah, no problem. All right. We know what we're going to talk about, so that's good. Yeah. Um, we'll, I'll mention that at the end, so we'll that's circle cool. back to it. All right, ready?